Geno Smith for real? And Patrick Mahomes is an underdog at home for the first time in his career. <clears throat> and I have a very strong feeling the NFL is overreacting to something we spoke very passionately about last week. To get that all out of the way, let me bring in the man himself, Mr. Trey Wingo, to kick off this week's episode of Football Insiders. Brett, what's happening, my man? How are you? How are you, my friend? But I love I love in the chat, DJ Dirty J says first. He's already in there. He's in the chat already to roll. Count Trey, one for him. Trey, this DJ Dirty Dirty J is very special to us because from the moment you came to Pro Football Network and we're doing draft insiders, DJ Dirty mm -hmm. J's been here since then and has been with us all the way through. That's a that's a that's a loyal, that's an OG right there. Well, first of all, awesome DJ Dirty J. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. But I gotta tell you another story. A buddy of mine. I went to college with who passed away recently. Um, whenever we were going somewhere, we would be in the car, like whenever you're like, welcome to wherever, he'd lean his hand on the dashboard and go first. <laughs> to make sure wherever he went, he got there first. Like we crossed the, uh, the Texas state line in Oklahoma first. You know, we'd leave, we'd leave Waco to get to Colleen first. You know, he just, that was the, he had to be first. It was so good. So That's I respect it, I DJ Dirty J. I respect that. Yeah, my man, that's awesome. Um, all right, man. Hey, look, let's get after. We got a great uh, week coming up here um, for the NFL. And I want to start off with it's time to learn, Trey. It's always time to learn when we start Football Insiders. Yep. And uh, we got to ask the all-important <laughs> questions, which are true or false. And this first one, I think you're going to have some thoughts on. True or false, the Kansas City Chiefs deserve to be underdogs at home to the Buffalo Bills this week. For the First of all, let me just preface this for those that are not aware. This is the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he's been an underdog at home. His first 41 home games, they've always been the favorite. That's the longest such streak in the Super Bowl era. Okay, no, no quarterback has ever gone longer in the Super Bowl era than being the favorite at home than Patrick Mahomes has been. Now, I'm going to flip this a little bit. All right, so bear with me. I'd like to answer it this way. I think the Bills deserve to be the favorite. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can go with the Chiefs deserve to be the underdog because okay. the because the the natural advantage from playing at Arrowhead is real and spectacular, much like that episode of Seinfeld. So, I mean, I I can't go with the Chiefs deserve to be an underdog, but I will go with the fact that I believe the Bills deserve to be the favorite going into this game. They've played better. They've been a more complete team. Yeah, I I am. Um, look, I, I told you, I don't know if you remember last season, Trey, I went to the Chiefs home opener against the Browns. Yeah, your season. guy Lucas Niang was playing, yeah. Lucas Niang, yeah. and Who, by the way, is, looks like he might be ready to roll very soon. We're getting there. We're getting there. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, but, yeah, Trey, when I was, I was sitting, you know, pretty close to the field, and I will tell you that the noise at some points – was actually painful. It was so loud yeah. that it was a little bit painful in that stadium. That stadium um, is unlike anything else. And what I'm really interested in is this is an interesting conversation about sports betting in general, right? Where what we're looking at, where I think what the books are looking at is the where the bills are right now. Hey, in hey this Brett, moment. Brett, you know what I'm more interested in? You know what I'm more interested in? Your, your Wi-Fi connection being better. Oh, is it not great? 
we we've, we've oh. had some hits already. So so see if you okay. can fix that. I'm gonna work. I'll, I'll work on that. I get my guy on. All right, it. do that. Do um, that. But if if you're still with me, the uh, mm-hmm. the the interesting thing is, and we talked about this when we talk about power rankings. The books are really looking at where the Bills <clears> are right now and where the Chiefs are right now, and the Bills right now are playing dominating football, dominating football, and the Chiefs have been in some close games. Uh, one point victory over the one and four Raiders. So. I think what we're yeah. seeing here is looking at the current environment and then making adjustments off that. Um, I still think the Chiefs win here, by the way. That's just me. That's just my well, opinion. Well, I mean, like, let, let's be honest, okay? The spread is not just so – if anybody is under any sort of, like, impression that the spread is how they think the game should be played out, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, please the illuminate. The entire point so of the point spread – the entire point of the point spread – is to get as much much action as you can on both sides. Like that's that's the that's the whole deal. Okay, they're not thinking we believe Dallas should win by three or the Chiefs should lose by two and a half. Where can we put the number that will get equal amount of betting on both sides? So when a number changes during a week, it's never because of an injury update or because of, it's because there's been more money coming in on one side or the other. So you want to find a number which allows the maximum amount of bets on both sides of the action. It's like the old line from the jerk and Steve Martin. So it's a profit deal. <laughs> yes. Yes, it, it is a it is a profit deal for sure. And I, I think, you know, the that that's so valuable to understand because right, Trey, correct me if I'm wrong. Once a book sees money starting to come in on a particular side, yeah. that could actually move the line, right? Without anything else having well, happened. It did. It, it did this week. It did this week. Okay. It started at three. Okay. Right, right. It started three and they dropped it to two and a half because they want more action on Kansas city. Yeah. Power, hey, look, power, power to the people. And by, by the way, speaking of action, you can place a bet on this game. I have, I did bet this game. Yeah. Um, and I did it. Of course, Trey, I of course did it at Caesar sports. And what I did is I synced my Caesars betting app with our good friends over at Pickett. Okay, I was able to do this because Pickett is this great community where I am able to talk with other bettors, let them see my bets, see what I'm doing in the Caesar Sportsbook app. And here is an offer that we have for all of our listeners and and viewers here regarding Pick'em. Okay, Um, if you're tired of tracking your bets out of messy spreadsheets or not knowing how much you've won or lost. And in my case, I win quite often. If you don't follow me, uh, you need to download Picket. Okay. Picket is the best bet tracking app on the market. It makes it easy to track your bets and connect with a community of avid sports better. That's the greatest thing about it. Trey is the community yeah. of different people, fans getting to have that conversation. So what you need to do is you need to download Picket. You need to sign up today using promo code PFN. 365. Sync your favorite sports book, minus Caesars, minus Synced. Yours should be Caesars. Get it there, and you can win up to $100 for free. Picket is 100% free to join and use. And so, what are you waiting for? This promo code is PFN365, and you can win up to $100 simply just for signing up. So, um, Let's move on with that because, like I said, there's another bet I'm going to place in Caesars, and I don't typically do this because this is a player bet, Um, but it involves a quarterback who's having a bit of a resurgence in his career 
Okay. And this is a question for you, right. Trey. True or false? Geno Smith deserved this shot he's getting a long time ago. You know, he's played great. There's no question about it. They're paying him a lot less money in Seattle to play way better than what Russell Wilson has done in Denver for a massive $230 million contract. So he's he deserves all the praise. But the answer to your question is, like the last couple of years, he's backed up Russell Wilson. Last couple of years, Russell Wilson wasn't 2022 Russell Wilson. He was still the guy that led, for the most part, that led the Seahawks to back-to-back -back Super Bowls and were constantly in the hunt, even though there were all kinds of changes on the team. You know, if you want to, and I'm going to call this up right now, you got to look at Russell, uh, at, at Geno Smith's uh, sort of career, okay? Like he yeah. started, his first two years in the league, he started um, 29 of 32 possible games, uh, you know, when he was the second round pick of the Jets in 2012, I believe. Uh, and after that, since that point before this season, after the 2013 season, between season 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21, seven seasons. I did the math. He started a grand total of seven games. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know, you get sort of pigeonholed at times. And, you know, the, you know, he got knocked out of the Jets when a, when a teammate punched him in the face, okay, for – I.K. Empanale, I think was the guy's name, because he wasn't yeah, paying. He wow, said he would go to this guy's football camp. He didn't show up, and he wanted the money. You know, so there were there were reasons why Geno Smith was not embraced as a potential starting quarterback, and some of those were fair, and some of those were unfair, maybe. But at the end of the day, he got an opportunity when they decided to move on from Russell Wilson. And remember, this was not Seattle's plan. They wanted right, Drew Locke exactly. to win the job. That's why they that's yep. why they included him in the trade. So Gino basically said, no, I'm going to go beat you. And he's been great. And a couple of those throws against New Orleans where he was running to his left, re-squared his body and threw a dart to DK Metcalf. Those are big time quarterback played. Quarterback throws. So he's, he's earned it and he's cashing on the opportunity. But with everything else that sort of went around where he was and all the places he was going, I can't say with great certainty that he deserved this before then because we hadn't seen this from Gino Smith. Last time we saw him in a starters role, even last year, even last year in Seattle, when Gino had to pinch hit a couple of times, it wasn't like, oh my God, Gino played so great. No, that wasn't a part of it. He's just sort of embraced this opportunity and has made the most of it. So, uh, I mean, no, I'm not sure I I can say with 100% certainty that he deserved this opportunity any earlier than this. But he's got it now, and he's made the most of it. Yeah, not not the first time in Seattle, Trey, where they had a certain plan at quarterback, but then someone outplayed and took the job and got rewarded. Matt Flynn would uh, like, hey, I'm right here, guys. I'm right here. That's it. That's it. Matt Flynn infamously throwing six touchdowns for the Packers, parlayed that into a massive free agent contract with the Seahawks, and then a rookie by the name of, uh, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson came in and changed the course uh, of that history. But yeah, I, I think Geno Smith has done an incredible job. He's been more than serviceable, as you've noted. He's made, uh, I think you said, big-time quarterback plays, and he has. Yeah, I mean, like, let's go back to his time with the Giants. I mean, Eli Manning's run as a starting quarterback stopped because Ben McAdoo wanted to put Geno Smith yeah. out there, you know? Don't and, remind and if people forget, If people forget what happened there in 2017 – they were going to they were going to trot Eli out to be the starter 
and then sometime either in the first half or in the second half, replace him with Geno Smith. And Eli was like, no, I'm not doing a ceremonial start. If you want to go to him, go to him. And and because he's and to be fair to Eli, because that, that's not fair to Geno. Like, don't trot me out there just to start to keep this ridiculous streak alive and then turn it over. If you're going to him, go into him. So, yeah. and that didn't work out really well. I'm not sure all that was, was Geno's fault. Obviously, Ben McAdoo had his own issues yeah. uh, starting for the Giants. And then he went to eat that. He went to the Clippers. Clippers, but went to the Chargers, and you know that was sort of in the pre-Justin Herbert era where they were trying to figure out a million different things. I mean, he's he's made the most of this opportunity now that he has, and that's the best thing you can say about it. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, he he's sitting at number twelve in the league in passing yards, and uh, at Caesars, he's plus six thousand to lead the league in passing. So if you're one of those uh, degenerates like myself who who see value there. Enthusiasts. Uh, we, we prefer we prefer That's the correct. term enthusiasts. That's correct. Excuse my excuse my ignorance there, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, plus six thousand right there at Caesar Sports. Um, and like I said, you can track my bets in the Picket app before uh, everything that I'm doing on Caesars. Now, now before final- now before okay before we get into this whole final thing in the rundown, you did you did a great rundown. You put on like I have so much good bleep on this Chiefs. Bills game. Just oh. let me know. Let me know because I, I could. We could do the entire show on this game. We, we have a let, million other things we want to do. Went, no, 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 no. As long as there, there will be an opportunity later to just sort of let people know. Well, here, about here's, this game. Here's here's what I'll say, Trey. I yeah. I have on good authority that in our Super Smash QB matchup of the week, we may come back to Arrowhead Stadium. Good, because we're. By the way, we're going to be there a while. Oh yeah. Okay, so like make that one the first super smash because maybe we don't get to the other one because hey, I hear this you. thing it's ridiculous. But anyway, continue. <laughs> that by the way, in the industry, my friends, it's called a tease. <laughs> so make sure you're paying attention. Uh, to, to finish up our time to learn segment, we're going to finish with one last true or false. It's a team that we both have admittedly um, been pointing out are sort of winning despite themselves. But the question here is the Giants. Yeah. The Giants, are they the most, Trey, confusing team in the NFL? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think they're confusing. I think they are who they are, and they've found a way to be successful in a very limited way. So, I mean, I think they're way more confusing teams in the NFL, like the Baltimore Ravens. What are they? The Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. What are you? I can't figure it out. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are you? One week you look good. The next week you need a gift call from Grady Jarrett uh, to not potentially lose a third straight game for the first time in Tom Brady's career since 2002 in 20 years. So I think the Giants are the best way for me to decide the Giants. So I would say false. They're not the most confusing team. Let me get to the premise first because I apologize. I'm sort of working around it. I think they are not the most confusing team. I think they are a team that is winning a lot of ugly games early that could pay massive dividends down the road. What do I mean by that? If you go look at the last two times the Giants won the Super Bowl, 2007 and 2011, they were never really good in September or October. They just sort of plotted along, you know, won a couple of games, lost a couple of games, but then sort of hit their stride later on. And what Brian Dayball and company are doing right now is finding ways to win ugly. And what that does is it gives you confidence in November and December that, hey, we'll figure this out. We've done this before. We can sort of just, you know, muddy the waters here and 
not play really, really good football. But at the end, we'll figure this out and find a way to put it in the W column. Like these, these, and by the way, the, the Packers win was their best win of the year. Let's be clear. Yeah. They were down yeah. 17 to three to a team that a lot of people still think is very, very good. I have my concerns about Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about them on this show before, yeah. but they rallied from 14 down to beat a team that a lot of people still think has a chance to make a statement in the NFC side of the playoff equation. This was their best game. This was Daniel Jones' best game. Threw for 217 yards, ran for another 70 on a gimpy ankle. And Saquon Barkley is the reason they're doing everything. I mean, he like, looks like he's back, doesn't he? A healthy Saquon Barkley is, is a real good elixir for a lot of things. The Giants are playing good defense, and they're not killing themselves. Like We talk about this all the time. More games are lost than won. Yep. The Giants aren't losing outside of the Monday night game where Daniel Jones threw the game-clinching interception to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, outside of that one, the Giants aren't losing the game. They're doing enough to stay in the game and making winning plays and then allowing someone like the Packers on Sunday on third and two and fourth and two to throw it twice <laughs> when you have Aaron Jones and A.J. AJ Dillon in the backfield. Like, what are you guys doing? And it was a back shoulder fade that was tipped down on fourth and two. Like, what is that? So yeah. the, the Giants are, are maximize, they're maximizing their potential and limiting their liabilities. So in that way, I think they're actually one of the least confusing teams in football. No, I love it. I, I, I agree. I, I think we get caught up in like they don't look like the most dominant team in football. So them no, being four they, and one. They didn't, they didn't when they won Super Bowl 42 and they didn't when they won say. Super Bowl 46. Yeah. And if, if, you're a Giants, way, if you're a Giants fan, you feel really good about them not looking good. Yeah, and I love every time you bring those teams up because it reminds me of uh, I think it was last summer we sat that where you sat down with Archie Manning. I got to watch from from the sidelines there, and yeah. you guys told this incredible story about if it weren't for uh, Olivia Manning, yeah. uh, Tom t- Tom Brady would have a few more Super Bowl rings. Five more, arguably, because Eli beat him twice and Peyton beat him three times in an AFC Championship game. Like that yeah. effer could have 12 rings right now. Like, cause if you, if you look at the teams that Peyton beat uh, in the Super Bowl, you, you think the bears with Rex Grossman were going to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? No. Do yeah. you think, do you think that the, uh, maybe the Seahawks, maybe the Seahawks might've beaten the 20, the 2013 Patriots, maybe, but 2015 when they had to go up against Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. No. Now the Patriots would have beaten that team. So he'd have at least 11, potentially 10, potentially 12, uh, which is uh, just disgusting. I, I was, I was cracking up uh, at Archie <laughs> and you tell that, but um, yeah, look the giants, the giants are, are winning football games. And you say this all yeah. the time too. Like that's, it's through five weeks, you play five teams and however you get it done, you get it done. And that's what your record is. You're four and one. So uh, good for them. Let's look, let's move on to our, to our uh, actually before we do that I want to talk I just want to say one last thing here about the Giants currently right now with a four and one record uh, at Caesars they're plus six thousand to still win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, so just putting that out there if you if you want to play that game um, I am uh, betting on them this weekend I am betting on them to win the game against the Baltimore Ravens at home um, yeah please what well, a couple of things on that one by the way if they win on Sunday they'll be five and zero outside the division. The only loss was to the Cowboys. The last time they started 5-0 outside the NFC East was 1990 when they went on to upset the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 25. Uh, and the Ravens, by the way, as a, as, a, as a road favorite, 
uh, they are 15 and four straight up and 11, six and two against the spread. So they do pretty well as a road favorite. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm, and, but, and the good news for the Ravens is, you know, they're terrible at pass defense and the Giants can't throw the ball. So, you know, it's not, it's really not going to be a problem for them. <laughs> no, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going in their favor. Well, look, if you're going to play that game, if you're going to bet that game, as we always say on this show, you should be doing it at Caesar Sportsbook. And here's what we have for you if you go ahead and do that. You place your first cash wager, and if you lose, you'll get 100% of your stake back as a free bet up to $1,250. And win or lose, you'll also get 1,000 reward credits and 1,000 tier credits exclusively from Caesar Sportsbook. The only thing you have to do is enter code uh, promo code PFNFULL, P-F-N-F-U-L-L. The link to do that is in the comments, whether you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever it is, go into the comments. The link is there. Uh, and all you got to do is click on it. Promo code PFNFULL. <clears throat> that promo code comes to you direct from Caesars Sportsbook, where Trey is the chief trends officer, and I exclusively place all my bets. So uh, let's get on to our second segment of the show, Trey. This is becoming a... Um, an ongoing segment that I, I, when I write the script that I write the problem with dot, 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 and I yeah. find out what's the problem. Last week we talked ex- uh, extensively about concussions and the serious problem that yeah. poses this week is like the sequel to that story, because what we've seen uh, in the week since is in my opinion, an overreaction to what happened with Tua Tagovailoa and others. And I'm going to just uh, mention two things. One you've already mentioned, and, and the last one, and I would love to get your, your thoughts on this. You mentioned the Grady Jarrett sack of Tom Brady that was uh, irresponsibly called roughing the passer. Correct. And then uh, against the Raiders and the Chiefs, Chris Jones breaks through incredible sack, uh, hits Derek Carr, causes a fumble, recovers the fumble, and then lands with his body on top of Derek Carr, though he did remove his left arm to try to break his fall, that too was called roughing the passer, much to uh, the chagrin of everybody. And so, Trey, I, I have to ask you: Is this an on, is this going to be an ongoing problem with the NFL and them being so reactionary to the news cycle? It is, and not only is it going to continue, but the NFL has doubled down, uh, as 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 we uh, found out on Twitter today, Perry Fuel basically uh, sent out a, a, a video explaining why that was the right call with Chris Jones. And let me just say, Perry Fuel is 100% wrong. And I can I can go by the letter of the law and the rule and explain to you why he's 100% wrong. But they're not going to back down because they're reacting to how bad the league, the Dolphins, the Dolphins medical staff, the uh, uh, unaffiliated neurological consultant who is no longer a, uh, a UNC, messed up the Sunday. See, all this is based on what happened in the Thursday game with Tua. But what happened was the Sunday game. That's where they screwed it up a thousand percent, you know, and they now a taxi is what it's called when you you have a brain injury where you lose motor function. And that's now a no-go situation. They have they have made that a no-go situation. How that wasn't a no-go situation beforehand makes no sense to me. But that that is now no matter what test you pass how many fingers what year is it what is this blah 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 if you have that sign uh then then you are you are a no-go so all of this is a reaction to what happened when uh by the way i I just gotta say this you know when tua was tackled i mean like 
you could make the argument he was slung to the ground yeah, much harder than Tom Brady was slung to the ground. Exactly. And they didn't call it there. So now what we're seeing is this reaction. And the NFL's biggest problem to me is that they're not, they're not proactive, they're reactive. Okay? They could get ahead of this in a couple of very simple ways, but instead they're doubling down. And I understand why on some level they are, because their thinking is, I'd rather have more penalties than backup quarterbacks playing. Totally fair. I understand that. But give the defenders a freaking chance. Okay? Now, here's where I believe the NFL is lying to themselves and lying to all of us as fans that have this thing called vision. Okay? <laughs> because Grady Jarrett, they said he slung Tom Brady to the ground. Right. Go watch that tape. He was tackled around the waist and brought to the ground. He was not slung down to the ground. He was tackled around the waist and brought to the ground. In Correct. fact, if you want to talk about someone slinging a quarterback to the ground, go look at the Monday night game between the Raiders and the Chiefs. And in a goal line situation, Patrick Holmes was literally slung to the ground and they didn't call it there. So the inconsistency is ridiculously mind boggling. But by the letter of the law that the NFL has on their rule book, the Grady Jarrett play was not roughing the passer. He was yeah. tackled around the waist and brought to the ground in about the most gentle way a 340-pound guy <laughs> can bring down a baby giraffe, okay? <laughs> now, let's go to the Monday night game. Yeah, They said he it was a penalty because he put his full body weight on Derek Carr. That is a lie. That's a lie. It is an untruth. Again, if these things called eyes work for you, you know that as well. Go look at the replay. Chris Jones comes up, strips the ball out with his right hand, somehow tucks it away as he's tackling Derek Carr. And as they're falling to the ground, you clearly see his left hand bracing himself on the ground so as not to ensure that Correct. his 310-pound body puts its full weight on Derek Carr. That wasn't just not a penalty. That was teaching tape. Like, yep. that's literally... Every defensive coordinator should take what Chris Jones did to Derek Carr on that play and say, guys, this is exactly how you need to do it. Because he secures the ball, he gets his chest sort of on Derek Carr to bring him to the ground, and as he's falling down, he says to himself, holy bleep, I can't crash on this guy or I'm going to get a penalty, so I'm going to extend my left arm to take the impact of my weight driving Derek Carr into the ground off of him. Check, yeah. check, check. It yep. was perfect. It was perfect. And then the NFL today had the audacity to say, no, it was bull bleep. And they yeah. know it. They know it. They just don't, they want to pretend like we don't know it. That's, that's the thing that I take issue with Trey is the gas. Don't gaslight me. Don't, don't lie don't, to me. Come on. Don't, don't lie. Don't, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Yeah. It, it's, it's out of control. And look, here's the world that the NFL has set up, Trey, because I want to use these two examples that are, that are so egregious. On the one hand, you're penalizing Grady Jarrett, who slung Tom Brady down so as not to put his full body weight on him. Okay? Yeah. Now you go and, and Chris Jones uh, and that play against Derek Carr where he makes an effort to not put his full body weight on him, and that's a penalty. You've created a world where in no way can a defender bring the quarterback to the ground without creating a penalty for himself. And on top yeah. of that, 
And this is the, the, the thing I take the most issue with, where Perry Fuel uh, and the referee involved and everyone else seems to conveniently ignore. Chris Jones recovered the fumble yep. before they went to the ground. Correct. In no way could Derek Carr continue to be a passer. Well, Carl Cheffers was asked about that. Carl Cheffers was asked about that in the postgame show, and he defended that. He said in the postgame pool report with Adam Teicher, he said even in that situation, he's still still, uh, given the the protection of being the passer, even though the fumble was out there, which is another ridiculous thing. He can't be a passer if he doesn't have the ball. No. So the ball carrier wants the passer? Yeah. You know what you need to do to pass? You need to have the ball. <laughs> so how can you be a passer if you don't have the ball? It's, it's dumb. Insane. It's and dumb. It, it's real. Like I said, don't gaslight us. Just yeah. just, but just, just come out just, and say, look, we, we screwed it up. We got it wrong. Just say that. We'll forget it by, by today. We wouldn't even be talking about it. I, I would love it. I would love it if those plays could become reviewable. And this is why yes. I've always been a proponent of what Andy Reid suggested a few years ago. We need a sky judge. I'll, can I tell you a quick couple stories about referees? Yeah, please. Okay. Because the referees see the game linearly, right? They see it mm-hmm. one-dimensionally like this. You, me, everyone watching sees it from a, an eagle's eye view at 180 degrees or 360. Yeah. You know, we see this completely different texture. Um, now, and I'll give you an example. A former referee who I will not say his name, uh, who now works in television, once okay. said to me, he said, Trey, when I was refereeing, I thought we were great at what we do. I thought we were amazing. And then I watched a game on television and I'm like, we are terrible. Because <laughs> they can't see the things that we see. Yeah. They can't see it in this flat line. Like uh, they see it only in this flat line. Unlike we see it, you know, in this global view. Another time I was flying back from uh, LA and I saw this guy on his laptop, and he was charting plays of a game. I'm like, wow, you must work for the NFL. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm a referee. And I said, well, let me ask oh. you. This was right after the uh, the NFC title game between the Rams and the, and the Saints at the Superdome. The, yep. the Mikel Roby Coleman play where he decleated mm-hmm. Tommy Lewis, I think it was, or yep. Tommy Harris, yeah, whatever it was. I can't remember. Little, little wide receiver. I can't remember his name. And he and I was like, guys, how do you miss that? He actually said, well, actually, uh, we were. Uh, I was on the crew for that game. And, uh, yeah, we screwed that up big time. He said – as we saw it unfold on the field, none of us thought it was a penalty. But then when we watched the replay, we were like, holy shit, we blew that one. Yeah. So give the referees the opportunity to see what we see because yeah. it would make them better. They would be better at their job. They would get it right more often. They, yeah. would, they would not feel like the world is against them. And I know there's some sort of protective parenting level to this with the NFL and the and the NFL Referees Association doesn't want them to be second-guessed. Right. Second-guessing them is way better than roasting them for being so egregiously wrong. Okay? It would make them better at their job. Let's get the sky judge, and let's get those plays reviewable. Okay? Now, I get it because, like, they they tried to review after the Nikel Roby Coleman play. They tried to review pass interference, and Marlon Humphrey literally, like, stripped a wide receiver once in Baltimore. It was so obvious – it was a pass interference call, and John Harbaugh challenged it, and they said, "No, that wasn't PI." He's like, "Well, you're lying to it. You're gaslighting us again because they tackled him. Basically, he tackled him, took off, took off all his clothes, wrapped him up, and sent him home. You know, and they said, "No, it wasn't a penalty." So uh, yeah. maybe it won't do any good because they're not gonna they're not gonna do it anyway. But those plays should be if if Carl Sheffers watched that replay of Chris Jones, he would see took the ball out, didn't crush him with his body, and used his left arm. 
to to make sure his weight wasn't there. But they'll yeah. never do it. They'll never do it. No. And it's maddening. That's why, Trey, I'm not upset with Carl Sheffers. I'm more upset with Perry Fuel because he did see the replay. He so knows bogus. what he's it's saying. So it's, it's bogus. So bogus. It's so incredibly so, bogus. And look, the, the last thing I'll say on this is if they're – I'm sure you said something poetic, but I didn't hear it. Can you hear me now? I can now, yeah. Okay. What I said was that the, the issue I have here is if the refs get find ways to be better at their job, the yeah. game is better for everyone. It's better for the players. million for us. percent. Yes. So I'm glad I got my mic working again to say that because whenever you agree with me, I know I'm on the right side of history. All right. <laughs> now, uh, let's move on here to our third and final segment before we take some questions from the fans uh, and the audience here. This is our week six Super Smash QB matchup of the week. We alluded to who we think it might be because it is a marquee matchup. But Brian, go ahead, get it going. Let's see what we got selected here. Let's go. The battle for supremacy in the AFC. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Trey. I'm gonna take a take a back seat here because I am really interested in what you got for us on this game. Well, first of all, let's just be honest. Like this game in the 2020s is very similar to a game in the 90s. Uh, every year, the Cowboys and 49ers would meet in the regular season, and that was essentially going to decide where the NFC Championship game would be played. And it was, it was the game. Everyone wanted to watch it. This game has taken on that magnitude because these are clearly, in my opinion, with all due respect to Philadelphia, the, the best two teams in football and the best two quarterbacks in football, uh, in, in my opinion. And I, I can't – this is the fifth time they're going to play since Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were drafted in 2017 and 2018. And I am – a hundred percent here for all of this, all of it. Patrick Mahomes has only lost once last year in the regular season at Arrowhead. Um, this is delicious on so many levels. And, and I just, I have so many numbers I want to fire at you here. So let's, let's start with this one. Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in touchdown passes with 15. Josh Allen leads the NFL in offensive touchdowns with 16. Let's take it one step further. Over their careers, Patrick Mahomes starting in 2017, Josh Allen starting in 2018. These two, right now, Patrick Mahomes in his career, whether running the ball or throwing the ball, averages 2.6 touchdowns per game. Josh Allen averages 2.3 touchdowns per game in his career starting in 2018. Why is that significant? Right now, minimum 60 games played. These are the top two team, top two players in the history of the NFL. In the history of the NFL in generating the most touchdowns per game. Mahomes at 2.6 and Josh Allen at 2.3. And arguably, yes, because of the way the game is called, uh, that's skewed towards these players being here now. But let me explain uh, why it's also significant. This is the fifth time we've had a matchup since the AFL-NFL merger of 1970 of the top two touchdown-generating players on the field at the same time. Uh, here are the winners of the previous four meetings. Peyton Manning, who was in this twice, Hall of Fame. Brett Favre was in this uh, Hall of Fame. And a future Hall of Famer, Tom Brady. 
These are the winners of the previous four times these two teams have matched up. Now, let's take it one step further. This game is at Arrowhead, where, as we established earlier, that Patrick Mahomes is an underdog for the first time in his career longest streak ever in the Super Bowl era for a guy not to be an underdog at home. In the previous four meetings of, of these top two generating, touchdown generating quarterbacks playing off against each other, or players generating off each other, uh, the, the previous four winners were all the home team. So that would favor Mahomes. And after that, the better news of the previous four, each of those previous four winners, that team either went on to win the Super Bowl that year or that player was named NFL MVP. So that's just sort of one way to look at this. Now let's take it another way. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are one and two in touchdown passes. Mahomes with 15 and Josh Allen with 14. Uh, that is the most combined ties for the most combined touchdown passes in a week five matchup in NFL history. Uh, I think it was 20, 2007, I think it was, where Brady and, and uh, Romo played in a game and they had the same number of touchdown passes, 29. But we're talking about in a week five matchup, we've never had more touchdown passes between the two quarterbacks. Let's take it one step further just for fun. They are the top two quarterbacks in terms of generating points and generating passing touchdowns, but they do it in completely different ways, okay? Mahomes and the Chiefs, lead the NFL in receiving yards and touchdowns by running backs and tight ends. Conversely, Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs lead the NFL in receiving yards to wide receivers and receiving touchdowns. So you have these two incredible quarterbacks with these two incredible teams generating all kinds of points and doing it in completely different ways. Like, you know, it used to be, Right. It used to be the narrative of the Chiefs was, well, you know, you just got to take away the big play, big play from Tyreek Hill. Don't let him beat you over the top and you can win. They do not care about that anymore. They are way more meticulous about how they run their offense going down the field, longer sustaining drives, which, by the way, in the end is probably better for that defense in Kansas City. Meanwhile, it is now the Bills who are the over the top bust open that defense or bust open that defense with our playmakers on offense. Gabriel Davis on a third and 10 from the two-yard line, 98-yard touchdown. Stephon Diggs is a big play waiting to happen. They've almost flipped, okay? Because it used to be the Chiefs with a big play waiting to happen, but could they work their way down the field steadily? Yes, they can. And now it's the Bills who are the big play waiting to happen, and there might be a little more concerns about how, how can they effectively march down the field in a slow, methodical way. It is fascinating on so many levels. Yeah, I am. I am uh, so excited for this game. This is this is what we never got with LeBron and Jordan. Yeah, right. Um, and we're getting this is this is the modern day Brady Manning. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I know, I know people love Herbert, and I know people love Burrow, and I get it. These two guys are the best. This, they're they're the they're, they, the, they're the best. They're yeah. the best. It's and not this. It's not the same. But I, 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 bear, don't don't get mad at me for saying this. But here right. here is something that I I think, the way that both these players and you just illustrated this, the way that both these players play the position, the yeah. amount of excitement they bring to it while being elite passers, that's a difference than what we saw with Manning and Brady, which was more of this cerebral, you know, field general sort of matchup. 
when yeah. we're, we're we're talking fireworks when we talk about these two quarterbacks being on the same field in the same game. Um, I, I am I'm just really excited for this matchup. I love that the the we talked about the story that the Chiefs are underdogs here. Um, yeah. We saw last week against the Raiders. I don't know if you feel this way, but when the when the Chris Jones penalty happened. It like lit a fuse in that team, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We've they were seen, pissed. They, they were, were pissed. pissed. Yeah. We've seen what happens when that team feels it's been slighted. And I wonder if that's something that being an underdog at home to a team you beat in the playoffs last year is another thing that could light that fuse for them. Well, can I throw a couple other things at you, which I find just before before you before you do, yeah. if I want everyone watching to understand the giddiness that they're seeing from you is so 100% authentic yeah. that I, I hope they can appreciate it the way that I do, but please go ahead. All I'm saying is I want this, I wish they could play this game three times a year, right? Like <laughs> the, these are the best two players in football. Yeah. Um, uh, real quickly. Um, let's just go back to the Monday night game. Okay. They were down 17 to nothing. Right. right. They come, they come back and win. By the way, how weird is that we've had two teams already through five weeks of the season give up 17 or more point leads. The Raiders have done it twice, and the Ravens have done it twice. Yeah. How crazy is that? In the history of the NFL, which goes back 100-plus years, there's only two other times ever where a team has given up two 17-point leads and lost in by week five. Two times ever in the history of the league, and we've had two teams do it twice already this year, which is nuts. <laughs> but in, in that game, okay, in that game, they came back from 10 down. Patrick Mahomes' record as a starting quarterback when he falls behind by at least 10 is 12 and 9. That's a winning percentage of 571. Well, why is that significant? Since 2018, that's when he took over as a starting quarterback. During that same time frame from 2018 to now, every other quarterback who has been down by at least 10 points, yeah, and there are about a th over a thousand instances of this. Okay? okay. So again, he's 12 and nine, 571 winning percentage, 873, 973. Yeah. It's about, it's about a uh, thousand games. Okay. You know what the winning percentage is for every other quarterback when they're down 10 points from 2018 to now? I don't, but I know you'll tell me. One, five, two. <laughs> oh my God. Really? Isn't that low? <laughs> Point one, five, two. Wow. He's 571. He's 571, but he wins a little more than half the time when yeah. his team is down by at least 10 points. Nobody else can get to 20%. That's crazy. They're not even to 16%. Like, it's it's insane. There is no safe lead when you play Kansas City. And I hear Bengals fans are saying, you're right, there's no safe lead when you play Kansas City. Because twice last year, they came back from 11 down to beat those guys, including the AFC Championship game. So on both levels, no lead is safe in Kansas City. But here is... And I've saved this one for last just for you because oh, it is far and away my favorite stat in this game. The Bills in 2022 have given up a grand total of seven second half points. Okay? That's it. Seven second half points. This is what Kansas City does. Yeah. They average an NFL best 15.4 points per game in the second half. And to take it just one step further, just to how crazy this matchup is, the Bills have allowed seven second-half points all season long. Patrick Mahomes has seven second-half touchdown passes. Like, it's just – it's destiny. so good. It's, it's so good. 
the the numerology on this game is like you know it, i i can't i can't put my i can't put my finger on if i can recall being excited for a regular season game the this way is i am how, this like you weren't alive in the 90s so i understand but for the like, record i was 100% alive were in you, the 90s what were you two it's irrelevant. I was alive. Okay, good. So you, you were a carbon-based <laughs> life form. You don't understand. Like when it was Steve Young and the Niners, yes. and it was Troy Aikman and the Cowboys, and it was Ricky Waters and Jerry Rice and Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin and Charles Haley on both sides of the thing and <laughs> right. Deion Sanders on both sides of the thing, okay? That was the game to watch. It yeah. was the game of the year when the Cowboys and 49ers played. That's what Buffalo and Kansas City is. And it's off the charts good. And oh, by the way, let's just throw this out there. With the four touchdown passes on Monday night, Patrick Mahomes passed of all people. Troy Aikman on the all-time touchdown pass list with 166. Yes. And by the way, weirdly, they didn't recognize that. I thought I thought that maybe that should have been part of the broadcast. I, but whatever. Off off camera, I will share a very interesting note about that with you. And unfortunately, to our viewing audience, I cannot share that with you. But uh, it, it is very um, – and by the way, what what, what uh, Trey just said about Troy Aikman, Steve Young, that, that 49ers-Cowboys rivalry, no, I, I don't remember it vividly as a fan. But, Trey, we sat down with Steve Young on our other show, More Than Football, which you can yeah. find Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, and that episode with Steve Young is one of my favorites, not just because the story he tells about the bond that he and Mike Shanahan share, but yeah. how meaningful and pressure packed that rivalry you just talked about was for him. Yeah. What it meant to play and beat the Cowboys and what it meant for his career. Well, it was the same way that Peyton Manning had to beat Tom Brady. Otherwise, he, you know, he wouldn't, it would not be complete. He had to beat him in the playoffs and he ended up beating him three times out of the four times they played in the AFC championship game. By the way, Tyler is asking just real quickly, we're worried about slowing down the game to review penalties. No, get it right. Get the frick right. Like you, you're telling me that Chiefs game, you weren't going to watch it if they took three minutes to, uh, to review that penalty? No, just get it right. Just get it right. That's all we ask. Just get it right. Uh, real quickly on the Steve Young thing. Yeah. The greatest story about that is that in, uh, you know, they lost back-to-back -back NFC championship games, one in Candlestick and one in Texas Stadium. And on the way down from the elevator, from the from where they were watching the game, they got in the elevator. It was Carmen Policy, who was the general manager, and Eddie DeBartolo, who was the owner. And they yeah. just were coming down, and they just lost again 38-20, to 20, I think was the final score. That was when Bernie Kosar had to come in for an injured Troy Aikman, who was actually concussed when he played in Super Bowl uh, 28. He was off the entire game. Uh, they didn't say a word. And halfway through the elevator ride, Eddie DeBartolo just turned to Common Policy and just screamed at the top of his lungs, do something! Like, I'm tired of losing to these guys! Do something! And I think that's sort of where we are in this rivalry. Like, look, the Bills beat them in the regular season last year. Kudos to them. They've yeah. lost both the playoff games. I, I know that they'll feel really good if they win this game but they know that well this is this is this is the appetizer these yep. two teams are meeting in the postseason now this game may determine where that game is played in the postseason but they know they're meeting in the postseason they beat them last year 38 to 20 if i'm not i think it was 38 24 maybe it was pretty handily and uh that was when the chiefs fell like three and four and then they decided on the go on their you know scorched earth policy for the rest of the season we'll be good um, again 
Yeah, and they got really good really quickly. So there's a to me, there's a lot of pressure on Buffalo, like not only in this game, but in the entire season. Like outside of the first Buffalo team that went to and lost that Super Bowl 25 to the Giants 20 to 19, I the expectations are not only are you going to the Super Bowl, but you're winning win. the Super Bowl. Yeah. You can't, you know, like anything else, anything less than a Super Bowl win for the Buffalo Bills will be crushing defeat for this season. That's yeah, not we, an easy thing to carry all season long. No, we and we've been saying it. We've been saying that on this show the whole time, and that that goes to what Steve talked about about the pressure of that rivalry with the Cowboys. With yeah. that pressure about winning the Super Bowl, they know that doesn't happen unless they beat Kansas City when it matters. Yeah, and, and that th- this is sort of that that precursor to that. You know, yeah. and so that's why that's why this game is so important. But listen, uh, everybody, we have a another wonderful, wonderful partnership with our good friends at Underdog Fantasy. I am an avid underdog player. OK, and this matchup in particular is a great one for you guys to go play um, over at Underdog. You can get Josh Allen higher or lower than two hundred and ninety five point five passing yards. And at the same time, you can get Patrick Mahomes higher or lower 302.5 passing yards plus a slew of other players from every single game this week to get up to 20x your money 20 times the money that you deposit you can win playing underdog fantasy now just look for your favorite player stats pick where you think they'll end up with a higher or lower total than that number in this week's game and as i said you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. I've done it twice this season so far. It is simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and sign up with promo code PFN. And here's why you want to do that. Promo code PFN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. But wait, there's more. If you deposit $10, you'll also get a free month subscription to PFN Pass, where you can reconnect to the game of football with interactive experiences, proprietary research, and educational courses from yours truly on PFN Pass. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PFN. Join me and get in on the action today. And I'll also say that in addition to Caesars and Underdog, I've synced both of my accounts for those into Picket. And you can track everything that I'm doing with the Picket Sports app. So make sure you download all of that stuff today. Look at that Caesars goblet right there, Trey. You can drink the red wine out of that right, goblet. Right behind me, as you can see on the shot right there. Right there it is. There it is. There, right there. Um, okay. I, I know we got to move on. Can I just – I got some more stuff here. Like, it's just – it's so good. Like, it's well, just so good. Okay. I'll never tell you no, my friend. All right. Mahomes has 15 touchdown passes through the first five – games of the season for the second time in his career he's only the third player since 1950 to do it in multiple seasons you want to take a guess who the other two are um no uh manning manning and brady i was gonna say brady but i thought that might be too easy of an answer manning and brady so that that's where he is right allen allen has 1876 offensive yards and 16 offensive tds uh that's uh Tied for the six most offensive yards in the Super Bowl era for a quarterback. But wait, it gets better. He, you know, Allen is averaging 375 yards of offense per game in, in 2002. That's the most in the NFL. Uh, the current NFL record was Drew Brees in 2011 when he averaged 347. So he is at this moment blowing away. I mean, Brees, <laughs> the, the Drew Brees offensive machine. 
of a few years ago. The Chiefs and Bills are the top two leaders in points per game in the NFL. The Chiefs, believe it or not, are first at 31.8, and the Bills are second at 30.4. Uh, the Chiefs average 2.9 points per drive in the NFL. That's the highest. The Bills average 6.7 yards per play in 2022. That's the highest. Like, it just – it doesn't stop. The Bills yeah. and Chiefs rank in the top two and third down percentage in the NFL. The Bills are at 55.7. The Chiefs are 52.5. That's one and two. Uh, it, it just it, it just goes down the list. And I know there's a great game in the NFC East. And more people, I'll tell you this right, more people are going to watch it because it's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Cooper Rush uh, and the Dallas Cowboys against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, it's not a more fun matchup than this. Like, no, it's the no, funnest no. matchup of the week. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. And I, I promise you this. If this game were playing later, being played later in the season, this would be flexed into the primest of primetime slots. That they How have. this isn't a primetime <laughs> game is a crime against humanity. Yes. Um, but, hey, look, we got the Commanders and the Bears on Thursday Night Football in just about uh, 15, 20 minutes. So can't wait for that one. Um, hey, before the good we news is, it here, can't be worse. It can't be worse than last Thursday night's game. Like literally, that. it cannot be worse. Don't say that because, man, I just uh, did. Listen, uh, before we sign off here, I want to give a big, big shout out to Pro Football Network's Harif Hassan. He wrote a a wonderful, well thought piece that I actually disagree with on some points, but that isn't the issue here because it is a wonderfully, wonderfully written piece that I think really gets you thinking about what we talked about in our second segment and the situation with the NFL being reactionary to penalties. So go check that out at profootballnetwork.com. Um, Arif Hassan has written some amazing pieces. Please, uh, like I said, go check that out. And everything we do, whether it's more than football with Trey and I, football insiders with Trey and I, everything can be found at profootballnetwork.com. So go do that today. He is the one and only Trey Wingo. I am the multiples of the Brettiverse and Brett Yaris. And uh, we will see you next week in our normal time slot, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks a lot, Trey. This is always fun, man. You got it, buddy. We'll see you later.